0: Hello dear friends and welcome to our special Insight Reading Enlightenment podcast episode about the Valletta Baroque Festival in Malta. I'm very excited to share my experiences with you. We will attend three fantastic concerts and talk to some great artists while discovering the hidden treasures such as a historic organ from the first church of Valletta. Our journey begins with Aurum Variations, a unique musical newly composed cycle inspired by Bach's Goldberg Variations. In one of our previous episodes I interviewed Jean Rondeau about the original cycle so please go and check it out. And now, let's get started! Hi guys, could you please introduce yourself for our listeners?
1: Hello, my name is Eric Boschreff, I'm a recorder player and I was on your wonderful podcast before. I'm Carlo Maria Paulesu and I'm a cellist. And I'm Tom Armitage and
2: I'm a composer and a pianist and today a harpsichord player.
0: And uh, together you are...
2: We are the PAO Ensemble, yes.
0: And what are you doing here?
2: Uh, We've just had this fantastic concert, which was a lot of fun. We, we um, just performed the Our Room Variations, which is a, a new composition by myself and, and uh, Luke Houtkamp, who is the, the founder of the Power Ensemble. And it's uh, a complete reworking of Bach's uh, Goldberg variations. So we, 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 we took all the 30 variations and we completely rewrote them in our style, whilst also taking some inspiration from Bach's original. Eric wrote the aria, which is, which is at the beginning and at the end. And then uh, Luke wrote the odd-numbered variations and I wrote the even-numbered
1: variations.
0: Eric, how you composed your aria and why you composed it the way that it sounded today in the concert?
1: I, I wanted to start with a kind of toccata. Um, so we, we the, the piece starts with a unison uh, toccata of all the three instruments. And then I wanted to make not variations on the harmonic uh, pattern, which is what Bach did, but on the melody. So actually the, 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 the melody has a different harmonization. In the next variation we have uh, playful things going on with a slide whistle and uh, the theme is in the cello so it, it goes in unexpected directions you could say
0: was there some modern notation signs like a legend
3: it wasn't that extreme the way it's written the, the music it can be tricky if you come from the if you're used to early music but in the end like working together i think we did a really good job and they helped me a lot to get. Through we, it. You, we
1: just gave you just gave ourselves a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did a really good job. No, I mean, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm also happy. I'm yeah. also happy with it.
3: Talking about looks uh, variations, I think my favorite one was one of the slow minor ones, the one that sounds really sad. These are my two favorites, probably.
2: Uh, some of my favorite ones to play were actually the ones that I, I. Uh I didn't like the most at first, and I didn't like them because they were so so challenging to learn, and they were very very frustrating. And they were two of Luke's, um, <laughs> it, which were um, uh, which used a lot of uh, um, modes of uh, of messian, and they were extremely challenging to learn. And I was definitely hitting my head against a wall for a long time. But then when I got the hang of them, and it took a, it took months and months and months of practice, but when I got the hang of them, I suddenly just started to enjoy them so much more. Um, they were so much more interesting. And then when we we took them to the harpsichord and played around with the different registers and um, found different sounds to complement the um, uh, Luke's writing, they, they became even even more fun. And then I was actually looking forward to playing them whenever they, they came up in our rehearsals. I was like, oh, it's this one again. This, uh, this is going to be hard work, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So I think they were some of my, my favorite ones.
0: And how is it for you to get along with the harpsichord? Because it's normally not the instrument you're playing on.
2: You're right, yes. I mean, I, I only started really um, transitioning to harpsichord uh, about two years ago. Uh, I'm still extremely active as a, as a pianist. Um, but uh, I started uh, moving over to harpsichord a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago. And that, that was a big challenge, just with um, the keys being a slightly different, different size and having to change my technique a little bit. And what I find difficult now is going back and forth between the piano and the harpsichord very, very quickly. It takes me a while to adjust. So even with, with, um, with this piece, uh, which we play today, I uh, tried as much as possible this month not to play it on the piano because right. uh, it's very I, I tried it once about two weeks ago and it was and, and the keys were just too heavy and I couldn't do it. Uh, I'd learned it on the piano and I got it really good on the piano and then suddenly about two weeks ago I couldn't do it anymore. So, mm-hmm. so these past t- uh, two weeks I've just been trying to find harpsichords wherever I can find them on the island and just play them as wow. much as I okay. can.
0: <laughs> and for you, Eric, what was your favorite one?
1: I think uh, there is, is something interesting that, that you mentioned about when something is harder... And you are confronted with the fact that you can't do it. There is a moment where you're going to more hate yourself, but that has nothing to do with the piece, but it is coloring your um, opinion of the piece, of course. <laughs> so it is true that once you get through that, um, then it's better. I mean, one of the, the, our little duo with your uh, final chord at the end, it's probably the most challenging, but it is also very nice to, to play it and, and yeah try to it's a challenge try to play it better every time yeah
0: what do you think generally about rewriting or composing upon a theme upon a subject of such as Goldberg variation what do you think in general about that idea
1: I think it's a lovely idea but maybe I will give the microphone to Luke Houtkamp who just entered the
4: room and might be able to to say something from his perspective absolutely well I think you always need a theme for when you write music and that that can be a a musical, but it can also be a cultural or even a political mm. theme or text. This one we, the subject is the Goldberg variations. And my own piece is, uh, I think I try to take the essentials of every movement and use them in the piece, but in, in a different way than Bach would do.
0: And there were no special uh, newest techniques in the piece. Was it on purpose that you tried to avoid that?
4: of course it, uh, uh, I, th- I think you need a language for for every piece for every and so that's also why my work is very uh, uh, diverse Be- because i I stopped being sort of uh, to having a style i I think I ha- hate to have a style, but nevertheless I probably have a style. But, but not choosing for uh, for the media. I, it can be total improvisation. It can be noisy. It can have some uh, some rock influences or pop influences. It can be have some humor usually. that's a, that's a sort of continual <laughs> thing that uh, there's always some humor in it. I think. I feel like I'm I'm artistically a I think I I, I never wanted wanted to fit, fit into the boxes, and for new music there was the uh, people had the idea. Okay, we are now making new music, and then it after after 40, 50 years it all became sort of cliches. So I decided. Okay, let's not do that. My idea of contemporary music is that you. You have this whole uh, palette of possibilities. and So you, you just use it uh, when you need it.
0: Yeah, and what do you think about this idea of um, reappropriation, the concept?
2: Um, I think the, the the first thing I had to, to overcome was um, trying not to be so intimidated by Bach uh, as if he was in the room with me. Watching over me and saying you are ruining my work, <laughs> um, but that was quite quick and quite easy to overcome when I actually started work on it, and uh, as well knowing that I was writing this with Luke, um, and we never heard each other's variations until we finished, which I think is the um, the result of the, the the diversity of the the different variations that uh, were heard today. Um, but knowing that I was going to be writing with Luke, and I've played Luke's music many, many times, we've worked together many times, and um, and uh, and I'm very fond of his music, and and knowing the humour that he would bring to it, and and I very much love playing his pieces with humour as well. So I thought um, it. That was probably somewhere we would meet in the middle. So I feel as though both our variations had a good degree of humour in them um, somewhere somewhere along the way. Um, but yeah, similar to to Eric and uh, to and to, to Luke, it was uh, a case of looking at the original variations. And um, in, in our case, we we took the the melodies as our sort of uh, starting point instead of the harmonies, which uh, were which is what uh, Bach started with. So we took the melodies and we had a lot of fun with them. Really. And and uh, as Luke also said, not, not fit into a box as well was, uh, was one of the most enjoyable parts of it. Every variation was a new challenge. So we'd, uh, you know, I would sit down and, and think, what can I do with this? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the same as the last one. It can be a completely different style uh, or a completely different approach. So that then made the piece really enjoyable to write, and that made it less intimidating as well to write and to play and uh, no 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 it's still intimidating now to the very last second of that concert I was (laughs) I had terror (laughs) in my fingers
3: you looked
0: quite chilled
2: (laughs) you're very kind
3: (laughs) well one thing that I like to add as the only person that didn't compose anything here the thing that I really appreciated is that I didn't feel like uh, I was obliged to do stuff I was very free to do what I felt I I had to do and most of the time, everyone was okay with that, so there was a lot of, of space for interpretation.
1: even call it reappropriation. I would call it the continuation of a tradition of being a composer and performer in one. And through the super specialization that happened in the, especially 20th century, um, we have, you know, classical performers that cannot play a blues. I mean, I was there myself and and I felt incredibly stupid. I think that, that composing, improvising and playing is all the same thing. That doesn't mean that I am now fully considering myself a fantastic uh, composer. It's just a permanent uh, learning process and every concert is a tryout.
0: Thank you, bravi. It was a wonderful concert. You're
1: welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: to invite you to the next concert and that will be Vivaldi, Four
5: Seasons for Harp. Hi, I'm Keziah Thomas. I'm from England and I'm a harpist. The inspiration came when I was doing some concerts um, in London. I was doing a recording of Max Rickster's recomposed version of the seasons. This version has a really beautiful harp part. As I was sitting in this recording, I just thought, oh, I wonder if I could try other parts of it. And it started with winter. I had to go back to um, remembering studying figured bass at music college um harpists generally don't play figured bass i decided to make a video of it so i'd started with winter and i just decided to not look ahead at the whole thing just to look at the movement by movement and hope that they worked and when i started the project i thought that there might be some movements that i would have to leave out you know some of the violin solo lines wouldn't work on the harp but I didn't actually have to change very much in the end from the violin solo line. There are things that have changed, but basically it's all there.
0: So the arrangement you have done by
5: yourself... Mm -hmm. Could you tell about the process? How Mm. was it happening? Um, So it was very much me sitting at the harp and playing. Initially, I didn't write it down. I just worked from the score. Um, So everything in the arrangement is kind of from my own playing point of view. Later on, I realized that it would be really lovely to to publish the arrangement because um, there hasn't been an arrangement of the piece for solo harp four. I knew that people would really enjoy playing it. So I did then go back and write it down and then recorded it as well. This happened over a few years and the pandemic was in the middle. So I had quite a lot of time to come back to it.
0: As you were explaining in the concert about the special techniques you were using and could you tell a little bit more about those techniques?
5: Yes, so I use lots of uh, the technique called bisbigliandi, which means whispering. And it's like a little uh, very fast trill which happens between the hands and which is so effective for birdsong, or the teeth chattering in winter. Yeah, that that comes back quite a few times through it. Um, I also use other techniques such as um, there's some tapping on the soundboard uh, for the gunshots um, in the hunt in autumn. There is a thunder effect, which I was influenced by Carlos Salcedo, 20th century harpist, and the thunder effect is made by slapping very fast palm of the hand against the wire strings so that they vibrate. So that happens um, in the slow movement of summer as the thunder is happening in the background. Sometimes I play with my nails. I use lots of harmonics, which create a really beautiful, lovely bell-like sonority.
0: Um, have you played on period instruments of the time or maybe on a Renaissance harp, have you explored this corner?
5: That's a very good question, no I have not <laughs> I teach uh, in London at the Guildhall School and um, we do have a Baroque triple harp and yes I have tried it, but I found it incredibly difficult and I would absolutely love to explore it in more detail, everything is coming from a modern harp perspective in this arrangement. It
0: was a great <laughs> evening, was a great concert, thank you third and last concert of this special episode, we are going to travel to Rome with John Achilina, an organist, and his recital dedicated to Frescobaldi and Zippoli played on a historical Santucci organ at the very first church of Valletta, Church of Our Lady of Victory.
6: I'm uh, John Aquilina. I'm a freelance organist at the moment, but I was an organist at the Mdina Cathedral for uh, 18 years. And I played in churches in Valletta as well, and my hometown's so Dewey. I uh, pursue some international concerts as well. I've been lucky to play in uh, the Italian Organ Festival, in the Lindsbruckner uh, Organ Nacht, uh, and so on and uh, I gave the first improvisation concert in Malta, so I, I have a compact disc recording the Maltese historical instruments on the major platforms, recorded in 2011. And it is my pleasure to perform on our historical heritage in our most beautiful churches and chapels as well.
0: Could you tell a little bit more about the organ that you have performed today?
6: Yes, it's a 1790 Santucci organ. It uh, was lost for a long time, but somebody traced it, and we it was fully restored and uh, put in place, and so on. It's uh, again being recently tuned, and it's a really gem of an instrument. Ideal to practice the early Italian uh, repertoire. It's got seven stops and pull down uh, short octave, and so on. So it's ideal to study uh, this kind of repertoire.
0: Yes, because the organ was built in the 1790s, yes. right? And do you know something about the maker?
6: And- uh, Italian, uh, Santucci, very famous organ builder uh, there. Yes, we have we have quite a treasure trove of these. Um, we have an old organ in St. Josco Cathedral of 1575. Uh, uh, Raffaele Lavalle from Sicily. So you can really play... Um, Renaissance music in it on a very light pressured organ. You can hear the different uh, sounds coming out when you press the notes and so on. And also throughout the country, there are many Baroque instruments of this Italian school. We have taken a lot of the Italian uh, heritage here. And
0: also when I'm thinking about uh, 1790, the organ, it also reminds of an early Baroque Renaissance maybe yes, organs. Right. How did you feel with that?
6: That's right, because the musical developments in Italy were centered around uh, uh, opera, harmony, the, the musical forms, uh, moving from the early Richard Canzona to the sonata and the toccatas and, and, and the concerto. So there were these developments also in harmony and t but the organ remained more or less uh, static. It's the same. It's a typical Italian broken ripieno, principale, ottava, decima quinta, decima nona, vigesima, seconda, the, the, uh, the undulant uh, voce umana. It hasn't got any flute stops except the, the twelfth stop, which gives it this quint sound. Um, and it's good. Yes, you're, you are right. The, the organ remained more or less the same. But of course, each organ is different because of the ambience, the building, and the acoustics. And
0: And this organ was specifically built for this church? Do you know something?
6: It seems so, it seems so, yes. But there was a story behind it. that It was like packed somewhere and lost for a very long time until someone traced it, they saved it. And uh, Mr. Robert Bohatra, who is an organ uh, restorer here, he's doing our own Maltese Renaissance of Organ Mm -hmm. restoration and building as well Um, and he gave it a new life.
0: I thought that the organ sounds really perfect for the space where it installed into. It doesn't overwhelm the space and it sounds just perfect. And uh, what was your impression practicing this specific program?
6: There is a huge difference. In fact, um, I had to change some registrations because when it's an empty church, the principal can sing along. But with a full-packed church like today, it would have been lost so I had to add other stops to 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 liven it up Um, but on its own it's really nice discovering this uh, this organ the acoustics is very nice to practice because there isn't such a long reverb and and uh, but it gives it some warmth as well so I'm quite happy with this space
0: And could you tell more about the program? Why did you pick those composers specifically?
6: Yes, I wanted to show a bit the transition. So going from Frescobaldi who was really influenced keyboard music and the study of keyboard music for a long time, and uh, the transition from the Renaissance polyphonic context, the contrapuntal to the ornate, uh, melodic, lyrical, and expressive of the mature uh, Zipoli. You can still find the origins of this in the toccatas for the elevation by Frescobaldi, uh, but but you can see them reflected and matured with the influences uh, in those span of eight years. So I wanted to show a bit of the contrast what was happening during a, a typical mass because the the program was structured along the pieces of the mass the, the toccata the toccata the beginning the career versets the offertory the um, the the elevation and the and the post communion recessional and then contrasting that with the so i was it was like a journey in time, seeing how these forms took shape. They were influenced with the Baroque, very much what was happening in this building. This is the first church in Valletta, so so really this was the start of the big ornate and beautiful palaces and churches we have in Valletta. So I thought that in those, this is also a reflection of art and faith.
0: Thank you very much. It was a wonderful concert. If you would love to see some of the beautiful views of Valletta, some of its churches and incredible architecture, please follow our Instagram, Insight Reading Enlightenment, where you will find my little vlog from the wonderful tree. Thanks to the Valletta Baroque Festival for the invitation. And if you would like to check out my special season recorded for REMA about early music today, follow the link in the description. My name is Darina Blogina. See you soon. Bye.